Hello, everyone. Um, welcome back to Empower Your English Listening Skills. Yes, we were thinking it would be nice to have a picture in the entrance of our apartment. それでなんか日本的なものがいいなと思っていて実は私たちの,、ね、あの友達にそういう、まあ、日本の版木版画のギャラリーをしている人がいてちょっとこの間そこに立ち寄ったら、yes. あの安くてすごいいいものが見つかったんです。Yeah, From the past, who works in a very old、um, mm. store、mm. uh, in Ginza, and they make tradition,、uh, they make and sell Japanese woodblock print pictures.、Mm. Yes. Well, it, yeah, it's spread in many. Parts of the world, and some people, their lith- lithograph prints are based、mm-hmm. on it, but it is really considered a Japanese、mm-hmm. art form. なんで夢か言わないのなんで夢かわせはすい is famous, I think, because he kind of helped、um, the art、uh, form was going down, not so popular, and he brought it 
he was one of the few people who made it popular again. Mm. I think that's why he's famous. Anything else? Oh, oh, yeah.、Um, I think a lot of the French impressionist painters and stuff were very impressed by that kind of thing. Oh, I know what you're thinking too. <laughs> But especially.、Um, Kawase is famous because a very young man,、uh, maybe still in high school,、mm. was introduced to his pictures by the family of a friend.、Mm. And that young man was、uh, Steve Jobs.、Mm. And he, it changed his idea of art and it really made him love that kind of art. And so when he designed Apple products,、mm. he had that kind of design in mind、mm. when he did that. And so, of course, now you could say that those woodblock prints from Kawase Hasui have affected the design of computers and windows and everything、I、that's come after.、Then. Yes.、Mm. So, so that's actually quite a big impact.、Mm. Yes, you're right. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot all about that, but that's the most important part. Yes, and with computers, And Windows and Apple the,、um, interface, and then iPhone being such a big part of all our, of our lives, it probably has a bigger impact on the way we see art、mm. than we might even know.、Mm. Yeah, and all of that goes back to the impression of、um, Kawase Hasui、mm. had on a very young man. Steve Jobs.、Mm. So that's a very interesting thing.、ね mm. yes. We didn't know that. Did you know that before? We didn't. So that's very interesting. Oh, we will make a new design?、Mm. I'm not sure. <laughs> yes, do you think you can try?、Mm. <laughs> I, like, I, I think I will stay with watch, watching the old designs. Okay. Okay.、Um, should we go back to our book? Oh, yes, Harry Potter. That's what we're reading. Well, we've reached chapter 10.、Mm. And. Uh, chapter 10 is called Halloween, and we will find out more of what happens to the young people. But you remember, the last thing that happened is they met this huge monster dog with three heads,、mm-hmm. and、uh, they realize he, the dog is guarding something under the floor. And Harry thinks maybe it was that tiny little package 
that Hagrid got out of the bank. So now Harry is very curious. Let's keep reading about Halloween. Malfoy couldn't believe his eyes when he saw that Harry and Ron were still at Hogwarts the next day, looking tired but perfectly cheerful. Now, the reason Malfoy couldn't believe his eyes is he tricked Harry Mm -hmm. into going out at night, and then he told Filch that that students would be there, Mm. so he was sure it was a way to get Harry and Ron expelled from the school. Mm, But they weren't. And so Malfoy was surprised. Okay. Mm, Yes. Indeed, by the next morning, Harry and Ron thought that meeting the three-headed dog had been an excellent adventure. And they were quite keen to have another one. So keen means very excited. Okay. (laughs) They didn't seem so keen when they actually met the dog. (laughs) In the meantime, Harry filled Ron in about the package that seemed to be moved from Gringotts to Hogwarts. To fill someone in means to give them more information about it. So Ron didn't know about that package, so Harry was explaining it. So the way it's written is, Harry filled Ron in about the package that seemed to have been moved from Gringotts to Hogwarts, and they spent a lot of time wondering what could possibly need such heavy protection. It's either really valuable or really dangerous, said Ron, or both, said Harry. But as all they knew for sure about the mysterious object was that it was about two inches long. Now, two inches, that's about seven centimeters. About two inches long. They didn't have much chance of guessing what it was without further clues. Neither Neville nor Hermione showed the slightest interest in what lay underneath the dog and the trap door. All Neville cared about was never going near that dog again. (laughs) Hermione was now refusing to speak to Harry and Ron, but she was such a bossy know-it-all that they saw this as an added bonus. All they really wanted now was a way of getting back at Malfoy, and to their great delight, just such a thing arrived in the mail about a week later. As the owls flooded into the great hall as usual, everyone's attention was caught at once by a long, thin package carried by six large screech owls. (laughs) Harry was just as interested as everyone else to see what was in this large parcel and was amazed when the owl soared down and dropped it right in front of him, Mm. knocking his bacon 
onto the floor. <laughs> they had hardly fluttered out of the way when another owl dropped a letter on top of the parcel. Harry ripped open the letter first, which was lucky, lucky because it said, Do not open the parcel at the table. <laughs> it contains your new Nimbus 2000. Mm. Now, do you remember when he was shopping with Hagrid in Diagon Alley? The Nimbus 2000 was the new broom that all the boys were staring at. Okay? <laughs> but I don't want everybody knowing that you've got a broomstick. Or they'll all want one. Oliver Wood will meet you tonight on the Quidditch field at 7 o'clock for your first training session. Mm. Professor M. McGonagall. Mm. Harry had difficulty hiding his glee as he handed the note to Ron to read. On Nimbus 2000... Ron moaned enviously. I've never even touched one. They left the hall quickly, wanting to unwrap the broomstick in private before their first class. But halfway across the entrance hall, they found the way upstairs barred by Crab and Goyle. Malfoy seized the package from Harry and felt it. That's a broomstick, he said, throwing it back to Harry with a mixture of jealousy and spite on his face. Spite is anger, kind mm -hmm. of. You'll be in for it this time, Potter. First years aren't allowed them. Ron couldn't resist it. It's not any old broomstick, he said. It's a Nimbus 2000. What did you say you've got at home, Malfoy? A Comet 260? Ron grinned at, grinned at Harry. Comets look flashy, but they're not in the same league as the Nimbus. What would you know about it, Weasley? You couldn't afford half the handle, Malfoy snapped back. I suppose you and your brothers have to save up twig by twig. Before Ron could answer, Professor Flitwick appeared at Malfoy's elbow. Not arguing, I hope, boys, he squeaked. Potter's been sent a broomstick, Professor, said Malfoy quickly. Yes, yes, that's right, said Professor Flitwick, beaming at Harry. Professor McGonagall told me all about the special circumstances, Potter, and what model it is. And oh, and what model is it? A Nimbus 2000, sir, said Harry, fighting not to laugh at the look of horror on Malfoy's face. And it's really thanks to Malfoy that I, Malfoy here, that I've got it, he <laughs> added. Harry and Ron headed upstairs, smothering their laughter at Malfoy's obvious rage mm. and confusion. So if Malfoy hadn't tried to steal Neville's ball, Harry would not have gotten that far. Mm. Well, it's true, Harry chortled. Chortle is kind of laughing while you talk. Harry chortled 
as they reached the top of the marble staircase. If he hadn't stolen Neville's Remembrall, I wouldn't be on the team. <laughs> so I suppose you think that's a reward for breaking rules? Came an angry voice from just behind them. Hermione was stomping up the stairs, looking disapprovingly at the package in Harry's hands. I thought you weren't speaking to us, said Harry. Yes, don't stop now, said Ron. It's doing us so much good. Hermione marched away with her nose in the air. Harry had a lot of trouble keeping his mind on his lessons that day. He kept wandering up to the dormitory where his new broomstick was lying under his bed or straying off to the Quidditch field where he'd been learning to play that night. He bolted his dinner that evening without noticing what he was eating. So bolting is a lightning bolt or Usain bolt Mm. very fast. So to bolt down your food is to eat really, really fast. (laughs) Usain bolt is different. It's a family name, (laughs) but everybody called him bolt. Like a lightning <laughs> bolt because he was so fast. <laughs> I know it's different, but it's still the same idea. <laughs> Then he rushed upstairs with Ron to unwrap the Nimbus 2000 at last. Wow, Ron sighed as the broomstick rolled onto Harry's bedspread. Even Harry, who knew nothing about the different brooms, thought it looked wonderful. Sleek and shiny with a mahogany handle. It had a long tail of neat, straight twigs and Nimbus 2000 written in gold near the top. At seven o'clock, as seven o'clock drew nearer, Harry left the castle and set off in the dusk towards the Quidditch field. So the dusk is when it starts to get a little bit darker. After the sun sets, he'd never been inside the stadium before. Hundreds of seats were raised in stands around the field so that the spectators were high enough to see what was going on. At either end of the field were three golden poles with hoops on the end. They reminded Harry of the little plastic sticks. Muggle children blew bubbles through, except they were 50 feet high. And I think they were a lot bigger than bubbles. Ah, s h a b o n d a m a Yes, yes, yes. Too eager to fly again to wait for wood, Harry mounted his broomstick and kicked off from the ground. What a feeling! He swooped in and out of the goalposts and then sped up and down the field. The Nimbus 2000 turned wherever he wanted at his lightest touch. Hey, Potter, come down! Oliver Wood had arrived. He was carrying a large wooden crate under his arm. Harry landed next to him. Very nice, said Wood, his eyes glinting. I see what McGonagall meant. You really are a natural. I'm just going to teach you the rules this evening, 
Then you'll be joining team practice three times a week. He opened the crate. Inside were four different sized balls. Right, said Wood. Now Quidditch is easy enough to understand, even if it's not too easy to play. There are seven players on each side. Three of them are called chasers. Three chasers, Harry repeated, as Wood took out a bright red ball about the size of a soccer ball. This ball's called the quaffle, said Wood. The chasers throw the quaffle to each other and try and get it through one of the hoops to score a goal. Ten points every time the quaffle goes through one of the hoops. Follow, follow me? The chasers throw the quaffle and put it through the hoops to score, Harry cited. So that's sort of like basketball on broomsticks with six hoops, isn't it? What's basketball? said Wood curiously. Never mind, said Harry quickly. Now, there's another player on each side who's called the keeper. I'm keeper for Gryffindor. I have to fly around our hoops and stop the other teams from scoring. Three chasers, one keeper, said Harry, who is determined to remember it all. And they play with the quaffle. That actually sounds really easy to understand mm. so far. Okay, got that. So what are they for? He pointed at the three balls left inside the box. I'll show you now, said Wood. Take this. He handed Harry a small club, a bit like a short baseball bat. I'm going to show you what the bludgers do, Wood said. These two are bludgers. He showed Harry two identical balls, jet black and slightly smaller than the red quaffle. Harry noticed that they seemed to be straining to escape the straps holding them inside the box. Stand back, Harry warned, uh, Wood warned Harry. He bent down and freed one of the bludgers. At once, the black ball rose high in the air and then pelted straight at Harry's face. Harry swung at it with the bat to stop it from breaking his nose and sent it zigzagging away into the air. It zoomed around their heads and then shot at Wood, who dived on top of it and managed to pin it to the ground. See, Wood panted, forcing the struggling bludger back into the crate and strapping it down safely. The bludgers rocket around, trying to knock players off their brooms. That's why you have to have two beaters on each team. The Weasley twins are ours. It's their job to protect their side from the bludgers and try and knock them toward the other team. So, think you've got all that? Three chasers try and score with the quaffle. The keeper guards the goalposts. The beaters keep the bludgers away from their team. Harry reeled off. Very good, said Wood. Er, have the bludgers ever killed anyone? Harry asked, hoping he sounded offhand, like he wasn't worried. Mm. Never at Hogwarts. We've had a couple of broken jaws, 
but nothing worse than that. Now, the last member of the team is the seeker. That's you. And you don't have to worry about the quaffle or the bludgers, unless they crack my head open. Don't worry, the Weasleys are more than a match for the bludgers. I mean, they're like a pair of human bludgers themselves. Wood reached into the crate and took out the fourth and last ball. Compared with the quaffle and the bludgers, it was tiny, about the size of a large walnut. It was bright gold and had little fluttering silver wings. This, said Wood, is the golden snitch, and it's the most important ball of the lot. It's very hard to catch because it's so fast and difficult to see. It's the seeker's job to catch it. You've got to weave in and out of the chasers, beaters, bludgers, and quaffle to get it before the other team's seeker. Because whichever seeker catches the snitch wins his team an extra 150 points. So they nearly always win. That's why seekers get fouled so much. A game of Quidditch only ends when the snitch is caught. So it can go on for ages. I think the record is three months. They had to keep bringing on substitutes so the players could get some sleep. Well, that's it. Any questions? Harry shook his head. He understood what he had to do all right. It was doing it that was going to be the problem. We won't practice with the snitch yet, said Wood carefully, shutting it back inside the crate. It's too dark. We might lose it. Let's try you out with a few of these. He pulled a bag of ordinary golf balls out of his pocket, and a few minutes later, he and Harry were up in the air, Wood throwing the golf balls as hard as he could in every direction for Harry to catch. Harry didn't miss a single one, and Wood was delighted. After half an hour, night had really fallen, and they couldn't carry on. That Quidditch Cup will have our name on it this year, said Wood happily, as they trudged back up to the castle. I wouldn't be surprised if you turn out better than Charlie Weasley, and he could have played for England if he hadn't gone off chasing dragons. So that's the end of Harry's first Quidditch practice. Mm. And the next part of the chapter will be about Halloween. Yes. So I hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> and I hope now you're ready to play Quidditch. <laughs> Actually, um, universities in England and America have play Quidditch. But they, they use broomsticks, but they can't fly. So it's very funny to watch. But it's become very popular. Because of the movies of Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs>
Yes, it's we very strange. Children. If you watch it on YouTube, you can see it's very funny. Well, thank you so much for listening to our talk today. So, see you later. Goodbye. Bye bye.